0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the PwC Tax Byte podcast series. My name is Peter Gray, director in the global tax team. And I'm hosting this podcast series with today, three experts in the area of building your tax function future proof. With me today, Kim Desmet. Kim is part of a global center of excellence based in Belgium around gap to stats and all the areas around compliant local statutory ledgers, let's say, across the globe. Jens Louet, Jens, part of the tax accounting team in PwC, is helping clients with various uh, tax accounting questions like uh, US GAAP, EFRS tax reportings. And last but not least, we have Tom Heremans. Tom is assisting clients uh, of PwC with tax accounting, reporting, advising companies to around processes and efficiency around that. So um, with these three people, I think I have the perfect uh, audience here uh, to talk about future-proof tax functions because that's what I want to talk about today and in the, in the discussions that that we have that we that I have with with various businesses, it always comes up shortening deadlines, timing, reportings, etc. It creates a huge challenge to be on time, to be compliant, and to be transparent. And that's what I want to explore with my um, speakers today. And Kim, I want to start with you because I imagine it all starts with having correct and good statutory numbers is that is that right is that a, the starting point for everything
1: absolutely peter um the local statutory numbers and more overall the statutory books are indeed the basis uh, for getting your direct tax process into good shape it's also typically the first thing that is being requested during a tax audit And as companies are mostly operating globally, not only do these statutory numbers in local GAP matter, but also the link and how they reconcile to uh, the group numbers, which is typically US GAAP or IFRS. And we still see that companies are addressing the the group GAP numbers uh, and processes totally separately from the local GAP and the tax processes. Um, But there's certainly a trend ongoing uh, where we see that these suboptimal processes are getting replaced with more robust and and more integrated uh, approaches. And it creates not only increased standardization and efficiency gains, but it also increases comfort and transparency. Now, what is certain uh, is that there is no one size fits all solution. There is no ideal blueprint on how to do this. Um, The best fit operating model for any international company will vary from from country to country, from entity to entity, and it can change over time. Um, The drivers to define this preferred operating model are very diverse as well. First of all, There's a company's strategic views on on data and processes, on technology and tools, on people and organizations, so the typical three buckets. Then there's everything that has to do with the complexity of the business, complexity of local requirements, um, but also the maturity of the business, uh, volumes, materiality of different entities, you name it. Um, Regardless of, of whether the company wants to address these statutory and tax compliance processes internally or whether they want to leverage on on a co-sourcing partner to to the maximum extent, there's a solution for every organization. And uh, we see this as a spectrum where on the one hand, companies are implementing uh, or are transforming to fully optimized uh, and localized ERPs. So with maximum automation, think about primary and secondary ledgers and at the other end of the spectrum companies are applying what we call managed services approach where they are leveraging on a service provider state-of-the-art technology now whichever way you go the focus is on improving data quality upstream uh, is on more efficient and robust processes driven by smart technology and integration of of the different streams and the teams involved, be it on a central level or on the local level uh, when when we think about shared service centers or centers of excellence
0: so thanks kim and and indeed, the quality of the data is the the cornerstone of everything and and I think you mentioned it as well, but the what i hear coming back in discussions around tax functions is always these three buckets that you have to improve to improve your tax function data with the processes tools technology and then of course the people and the organization of the tax function and um, this first topic eh, data processes is coming up a lot in the discussions uh, that i have and tom i'm interesting to to hear from you why is data management so important why is this on the top of the agenda of, of businesses
2: Thank you, Peter, for uh, having me on your podcast. Uh, first of all, I think uh, you're right in saying that tax functions are more and more looking into data management and, together with that, uh, to opportunities for small automation. As you know, I think uh, this evolution and it becomes higher on the agenda because of global, European, and local legislation, uh, as well as new practices from tax authorities that we have seen evolving the last year's way where they request more and more data and uh, I think companies consider it more important to have consistent data overall uh, jurisdictions uh, and I've seen that becoming a real uh, must. And I also learned personally that uh, tax functions are more and more scrambling uh, to get the required data and uh, to submit uh, data within the deadline uh, with local governments and I think therefore this item um, has been elevated on the agenda. I think if you look further uh, a bit down in history, I think uh, we have seen the first big move with PEPS 13 transfer pricing documentation requirements and country by country back in 2015 and 16. Uh, I think tax functions started to assess their uh, global uh, tax accounting tooling and see whether they could complement that tooling uh, to capture all data in terms of uh, CBC reporting. And I more recently for uh, they again had to deal with another uh, directive being uh, DAC6. Uh, on the reporting of the cross-border uh, arrangements and again it uh, consisted of uh, seeing uh, uh, how to capture all uh, relevant data from local jurisdictions to convert that data into um, um, structured data format and submit that data with uh, local tax authorities it are all uh, similar processes uh, but again uh, they come uh, more frequently and I think uh, an, a perfect example is of that is DAC7 uh, because that's uh, again on the agenda of the local countries for implementation. Uh, and DAC7 will again require an electronic machine readable format uh, for submission in the countries. And i think all these uh, directives on administrative cooperation but also other uh, local um, initiatives require or elevate the need to have consistent data at different levels and at different points in time uh, available towards uh, the tax function
1: and and maybe also adding here um, that we see additional requirements indeed being imposed in more more and more countries around uh, everything that has to do with e-reporting. So a typical example is SAFTI, which stands for a standard audit file for tax. But it's not standard at all. Um, So every country just um, sets up its own format. Uh, We also have e-ledgers. in very rigid formats that need to be maintained all throughout the financial year. Um, And and all of these are not just theoretical requirements. Uh, We've we've seen actual examples of companies being imposed with enormous fines because of the fact that they weren't able to generate, uh, for example, this e-file in France. Um, or that the integrity of the books is being questioned uh, or that the official account is being held accountable because some of these requirements are not met. So um, the, the, the materiality of the consequences increases as well.
2: Yeah, and i think that that touches up on uh, some important points if you see the speed of the change and the level of detail of the changes i think the time that uh, statutory and tax compliance processes uh, are limited to an annual event is outlived and transferred to history books
0: yeah yeah tom i i i fully agree with you on that one eh? and and if you look at also um yeah, you, you talked about the speed of, of delivering information. But I think also an important element is the penalties. What 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 I experienced recently is in, in a tax audit uh, where certain documentation had to be provided, there was a very strict di- timeline for that, a uh, number of days. And if information was not provided, automatically a severe penalty was applied. And and of course, it was not the end of the audit. So, so that just meant uh, that this penalty was already due and that then the audit could continue. Um, I think also what I feel coming back is the challenge that information, like you discussed it, the DAC7, DAC6, uh, SAFTI, etc. that this is all information shared with the authorities, tax authorities, or or other authorities in the country, where we gradually see also uh, that transparency rules take the next step, where that same information will have to be shared also to the, to the public. Uh, we're talking about public CBCR, which will be finally approved in parliament european parliament somewhere in 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 the next weeks um but we also talk about the proposal to publish effective tax rates based on accounting profits which is part of the european uh, framework for corporate taxation so i think all of this is is imposing an enormous challenge for the tax function and then i have the million dollar question jens for you uh what can a tax function do with it what is your experience in practice
3: Yeah, thank you, Peter. Um, Yeah, a tax function can affect a lot in relation to managing their data, but it's also important to spend sufficient time on the strategy part as well. Um, When we look into data management, um, small automation, or even the deployment of new uh, tools, yeah, it's not a one-year project, but it's taken a lot of time um, when companies are looking into that one. Um, in practice, we see that the tax function is not the owner of, th- of the data itself, but the text f- function is rather the user of the data, and that one comes with particular challenges in terms of change. Um, yeah, I think that we see that it is important when an existing ERP system is being upgraded or a new ERP system is being implemented by a multinational group. It's important that the text function should be clear about the requirements he or she has from a text perspective, in order to start the conversion um, and get the most results out of the new ERP system. It's preferred that the text function is being involved before the process of the revisiting of the ERP system starts um, and not um, after it's already started. Um, Because it's important that text functions should be able to familiarize with the available solutions on the market and how these can be integrated with the erp system as kim already mentioned before um, the move of companies to integrate multiple gap into erp environment provides ec- excellent data to deploy tax accounting tools or to remove spreadsheets from the process um, we see that for example when we have uh, a bridge from uh, us GAAP to local GAP. Um, in this respect, some examples of items which the tax function can already do before the new implementation of the ERP system is looking in, for example, a tax-sensitive chart of account. This not only on a global level, but also on a country and even or on an entity level, in order to be able to support the tax accounting and compliance process as much as possible. Um, here it can be analyzed the existing temporary differences and the permanent differences can be analyzed in order to have the main gap to start and the stutter tax differences across entities um, to have a transparent setup of the various ledgers um, and to be able to automate to the maximum extent possible and this uh, automation um, can only be yeah helpful for the preparation of the tax provision as well as the tax returns um, given the tight deadlines multinational groups are confronted with um, also what we see in practice is that there's a lot i in a lot of cases it's the case that um, yeah, there are resources um, which are not always available and an increased uh, requirements in reporting even evolving to real-time reporting. Um, we also see in practice that a lot of multinational groups should report within a few days after the finalization of the pre-tax figures. Um, and this comes uh, together with the decrease of the effective preparation of the tax provision itself, while sometimes the s- central re- review time is increasing, which are all, of course, challenging in case no automation is available.
0: Okay, yeah, thanks, Ian. So. Um, I see the point clearly. Eh? So the, the train, let's say, has left the station eh, of shorter deadlines, um, challenges to report, um, of course, and, and I also got your point that if you have uh, the luxury of making sure you are involved in the ERP implementation, you can do a lot of things, uh, a tax-sensitive uh, chart of accounts and, and other stuff, but sometimes um, yeah, the ERP system is there or there's just no room to do anything, And and I imagine there must be other solutions and possibilities there as well uh, for for companies to automate the tax function tom based on your experience uh, what can you share on this point
2: thank you peter i think indeed using uh, a company's erp implementation and uh, making sure that you can access the data which is in the erp uh, uh, as a tax function is an important element in terms of tax technology. I see companies linking the company's ERP and tax accounting applications uh, and uh, to uh, facilitate the determination of permanent and temporary differences in the tax calculation and subsequently in the consolidated income tax provision. But also data from the ERP system provides um, relevant in other uh, submissions to be performed by the tax function now in addition to the company's erp and tax accounting tooling i see tax functions using data and analytics software uh, as well as visualization tools they are often used to perform controls over what has been documented in the company's tax control framework as uh, risks uh, to the company and how they are managed Additionally, I also help uh, quite some clients to uh, build automated workflows. Workflows that uh, convert, clean and complement data coming from the ERP tool or other applications such as the uh, staff uh, system uh, to prepare tax returns or uh, other relevant returns that needs uh, to be submitted to local governments. I also see um, more recently tax and legal teams working together on e-signatures and uh, similar Um, the recent trends of uh, tax authorities going uh, digital uh, make it a bit more uh, difficult to be able uh, to access uh, data or information coming from the tax authorities Or make it even more complex to submit a return a tax claim or even a payment uh, towards tax authorities uh, giving uh, rise uh, to fines so I think um, their uh, legal and tax teams are working together to see how they can enable technology to make sure that every request which comes from the tax authorities is being received and allocated to the appropriate responsible and The other way around, how the appropriate responsible can ensure the necessary accesses to e-government applications in all jurisdictions where they operate, so they can ensure timely submission of the tax return. And I think from the standard toolkit of a tax function, I see that they uh, use applications uh, to store documents, to keep track of deadlines and the responsible for the deadlines but also has a kind of survey uh, possibility to capture data from local um, subsidiaries and uh, to have a consolidated report over the submitted data, which is requested on a talk basis.
0: OK, thanks for sharing that, Tom. Uh, interesting to see that a lot can be done. Uh, even if uh, ERP systems are already in place, there's a lot that can be done. Um, we're moving towards the end of the time we have for this podcast. Uh, it has been very interesting uh, what I heard so far. Uh, perhaps there's time and room for some some closing key messages, remarks. Um, uh, Kim, shall we start with you?
1: Um, yes, and, and we've said it a few times before, but, but it's so important because uh, I'm confronted with it every day. Um, as a text function you just need to make sure that you have a seat at the table when uh, any new erp uh, is being set up or uh, being transformed it is such a hot topic today because sap is moving to s4hana and oracle to oracle fusion so um the text function just needs to make sure that they have a clear view on their needs and communicating those in order to make sure that all of the inefficiencies and uh, the, the issues in the processes that the company faced before um, are resolved uh, and that they are ready really for, for the, what the future brings.
3: Yeah, thank you. And it's indeed a difficult uh, to provide with a comprehensive list, but I would certainly think about the fact that every company should organize their operations in such a way that they're will always be able to correspond with the tax authorities um, in every country where they are operating. For example, in Belgium, um, we have the MyMinfin platform, um, since the Belgian tax authorities are evolving towards the digitalization of their their structure, and yeah, every company should have access to the MyMinfin platform. Together with that one, it's important to ensure that access is available to technology that is able to convert, cleans and complement data in order to be able to submit those documents in the required format with the Belgian tax authorities or the foreign tax authorities via those platforms. And the third takeaway should be that companies should have a relevant tax control framework available to manage these items, responsibilities, as well as the deadlines, but also the broader tax risks of the company and ensure that such controls are tested by using amongst others data analytics and uh, visualization tooling.
0: Thanks Kim Jens for this uh, concluding remarks. And um, yeah, it was a very interesting discussion I think. And and I hope the audience uh, uh, can take some some ideas from this podcast uh, with them uh, to to improve tax functions. Uh, we're at the end of the podcast. So thank you uh, a lot, uh, Kim, Jens, and Tom, uh, for sharing this. Um, you mentioned tax control framework. I just want to make some publicity for the podcast's uh, previous podcast where Annelies Butaye, a co- close colleague of mine, uh, talked about tax control frameworks and was sharing some insights. So if you're interested, uh, that podcast is still available. Um, this podcast series can also be um, automatically uh, pushed to you if you register for it on Spotify, Google, or Apple. Um, so I thank you for joining, and with that, uh, I will end the podcast. Thank you.